the Women Changing the World podcast, a podcast on a mission to bring you some of the most amazing women I know who are doing incredible things to generally make the world a better place. From corporate sustainability to straight up magic and everything in between, you'll meet the real life humans who are birthing the new. I'm your host, Liz Best, and I'm here to amplify the stories and voices of women who are changing the world. So excited to welcome you to another episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Today, I sat down with Hannah Wells, who is a sustainability strategist at Ramble, a catalyst for impact, and clean living consultant. We talked about everything from curiosity quests to bragging and why it's important and tips and tricks for building more personal and professional relationships in the impact space. I just know you're going to enjoy my conversation with Hannah as much as I did. Welcome to another new episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. I am so thrilled to have Hannah Wells here with me today. Um, Hannah is just a human who I have long appreciated and admired in this space. Gosh, Hannah, I think we first met in real life back at the Assembly, um, aka the most beautiful co-working space that ever existed in the brief moment when... Uh, I was a member and the pandemic had not shut the co-working world down. Um, and it's so fun to think of all the fun that you and I have gotten to have over the past few years. Um, so maybe before we jump in, would love if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself briefly to our listeners. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. I'm so thrilled to be here. And um, it's really fun to have been able to watch your journey as well since that time uh, at the beginning of the pandemic at the assembly. So um, I'm Hannah Wells and I'm based in the Bay Area and I've been here almost five years now, which is wild. Um, and my background's in corporate sustainability. I did my undergrad in sustainability and sociology almost a decade ago now. Well, I think it is a decade ago now, um, which feels wild and have been in working in-house uh, in corporate sustainability, started in renewable energy, um, and then kind of did my MBA at Presidio Graduate School and transitioned to the Bay Area and sustainability consulting. Um, and then kind of have dabbled in entrepreneurship and all kinds of other things to kind of explore my passions and um, interests in connecting people and networking. So I'm a big enthusiast for other uh, women networking groups primarily, but also Net Impact. Um, so we've, I know we've crossed paths at many events as well. And so I um, always love meeting new people as well. So that's a little bit about me. Oh my gosh, thank you. Yes, and honestly, like I'm sure we met before the assembly. I think that was maybe like our longest first one-on-one -on -one conversation, but you are just like a master connector. <laughs> That's definitely something uh, that I want to make sure we dedicate some time to because I feel like, um, you know, of all the women I know who like managed to, to build authentic relationships and stay connected to people in the space, um, you are someone who does that extraordinarily well. Well, thank you. Uh, I feel like very honored to be in your circle and grateful for the people you've connected me to as well. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's a love fest. Um, <laughs> for sure. well, I, <laughs> I know you've listened to the podcast a bit, um, and so you probably know the first question I want to ask, which is um, I often start with, you know, this is the Women Changing the World podcast. If you had to pick one thing that you wanted to change about the world, what would be your one thing? This one is so hard and I think about it every time you ask it on the podcast, to be honest, because <laughs> I'm like, what is that one thing? If only it was one thing I would want to change. But of course, women empowerment is super important to me. But if I think about the kind of um, thing that I'm kind of 
never dabbled in, but very passionate about. It's about kind of addressing climate change through um, addressing inequalities in our food supply chain and um, food waste sector. So if we could address <laughs> climate change and food insecurity, that would be kind of the one thing I would love to see happen. Oh my goodness. That's I love that it's two answers in one, and I feel like there are some really elegant solutions at the intersection of those things that I would love to see deployed at scale. Um, so thank you. That is a surprising answer, and I love it. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I haven't worked in food, but climate change is something I'm very much passionate about. Totally. One, well, I think you haven't worked directly in food yet. <laughs> yes. Because um, I know you're doing super interesting consulting work at Ramble, um, among the many things that you do. Um, and actually would love to hear to the extent you're willing to share, like what you are up to in your day to day and your in your current career and, and what it looks like. Yeah, so I joined Ramble. Uh, it's an engineering and design consulting firm um, that's building a brand new uh, strategic sustainability consulting arm out of the Americas. Um, and they've kind of uh, been a global player in the sustainability consulting arena for a long time based out of the Nordic region. Um, and so it's been pretty exciting to, to get to start uh, something new and help uh, build and create that. But I joined as a manager um, to help kind of lead various projects in the strategic sustainability consulting arm. And so I've gotten to work on uh, food waste LCA actually, which was really exciting. Um, and kind of lead that project and, uh, and we just wrapped that up. And then another um, computer hardware circularity project, which was really exciting, looking at kind of the emerging regi uh, regulatory trends and competitive landscape of kind of what's happening with, related to end of life in the um, server and computer hardware space. And then uh, I did another um, kind of inventory project. So I've kind of led a lot of different climate strategy and materiality assessments as well for my sustainability consulting career. So Ramble's providing more opportunities for that. And um, most recently, I've gotten to dive into kind of helping align our, our team with internal efforts and uh, dive into kind of the implementation plan for Ramble's science-based targets. Ah, so cool. Um, I feel like one of one of the coolest things about doing consulting work is the sheer variety of different things that you can kind of like get your hands in. Um, so thank you for giving us a little like peek behind the curtain of what that looks like right now. Um, I'm curious, you alluded to this at a high level and um, I always just love hearing to the extent that you're willing to like tell us the whole story, um, how people come to be where they are today. You know, I was just on a call with a potential client yesterday who was saying something about like how some of the podcast guests, she's like, I mean, they just have like these dream jobs. And I'm like, how can I be you? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Because I feel like that is part of, you know, what I aspire to shine a light on in these conversations is like, here's what the steps actually look like in real life. Um, and I know that you have had a really interesting trajectory to get to where you are today. So I would love to the extent that you're willing to share to hear more about it. Definitely. I mean, networking and connecting people with people has definitely been um, part of that journey, <laughs> very much um, kind of being clear on kind of what I wanted and committed to um, taking action and, and experimenting along the way to get there. But, you know, building relationships has definitely been core to to kind of helping me navigate and, and find those opportunities. Um, and for me, I think it starts back like I felt like coming out of college, I actually landed my dream job. It took me a long time after an internship <laughs> that I feel like the best thing I got out of it was a best friend for the last decade, but um, it was a green marketing consulting um, role and it was like a one woman show and she was not the easiest to work with, but a really great learning opportunity of kind of the, the landscape of sustainability, green marketing, et cetera. But it was a, most of all, a good resume builder because I think it helped me um, land my first job, which was at a renewable energy company that was a startup at the time that went um, public while I was part of the company. Um, but that opportunity really came to me because I was open to hearing about opportunities and it was a network marketing company, coincidentally. And so I went and met someone in a coffee shop to hear about the opportunity. I was like, actually, I want to work at the corporate side. And how am I going to do this? Let's see, who do I need to talk to at the company? How do I get in front of them? So I'll go to another meeting. 
and just try to introduce myself. And so I think being really proactive in introducing yourself and and giving people your vision or your background and your story and what you're passionate about goes a really long way. And so they were at the beginning of uh, their their journey hiring for sustainability, and I got to kind of build my career um, under the VP of marketing uh, to do sustainability coordinator and it was like spearhead earth month do um, product market launches and events and all kinds of things that really like leaned into my strengths and were a really fun opportunity um, that led me to kind of even more uh, corporate sustainability and communications efforts uh, and reporting at the organization and that kind of also led my career um, for a little while and kind of exploring communications roles um, but I realized I, I don't love being in that reactionary communications function as much as I love being in the program management and um, leading initiatives and, and leading teams. And so um, after doing my MBA, I very much wanted an opportunity to kind of apply the business skills that I had gained um, at Presidio and decided that sustainability consulting would be one avenue, um, as well as looking at other opportunities. And at the time, I wasn't sure if I wanted to do consulting, but um, while I was searching, I, again, leaned into my network and was introduced to um, a former colleague at Enthesis now um, through my mentee at Women in Clean Tech and Sustainability because she had gotten her job through Enthesis. And so I joined Enthesis uh, through connecting and networking and then um, kind of moved on from there last spring and then uh, had ram the ramble opportunity <laughs> um, come through my LinkedIn and, and opportunity again. Um, really excited me about kind of getting in at the beginning of building this uh, sustainability consulting team and, and organization. Oh, so cool. Thank you for sharing. And it is, it's like, I feel like it's such a, your story is such a testament to the power of connecting and like taking the call and reaching out, um, and also to the power of LinkedIn. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I know that you kind of framed, uh, the time in between being at Anthesis and joining Ramble as a curiosity quest. Um, and actually I realized that you may have even been on a curiosity quest earlier than that. Um, but for people listening who have not heard of a curiosity quest, um, can you tell us about what it was and what led you to, to going on yours? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was kind of just in a place where I knew I needed to change something and I needed permission to do that and <laughs> to just like have that reset and follow. I felt like during my MBA, because I had been in my, um, you know, role for a while and I was working full time through most of my MBA that I really didn't take the time to do a lot of the exploring and um, discovery that a lot of people go through when they go back to school and, their, and do their master's. And so for me, it was kind of like, okay, all these different things have interested you over the years, um, but you've kind of just like gone where the wind is taking you with your opportunities um, and paths. And so I started kind of thinking about what could I do from an entrepreneurship perspective and how could I um, kind of just lean into some of the topics of sustainability that were foreign to me and in, of interest. Um, I went on a, a bit of a journey um, looking at kelp and joining a, a sustainability startup weekend um, with like a clean tech, I forget what group it was with, but just really thinking about um, what would it be like to be in a completely different arena and looking at addressing climate change through um, kelp forests and um, what the business opportunities would be there. And, um, you know, I had started kind of dabbling in um, entrepreneurship through network marketing because it was an industry I was familiar with and one where you don't need any <laughs> any startup costs really to get started and, and sharing and promoting products that you already believe in and, and love using. So um, I had started kind of working with um, various products in the microfibers um, for cleaning, for clean living. And then Beauty Counter, I'd been a product, using the products for five years. And so looked at kind of how can I help advocate for um, better, more proactive legislation and um, skincare in the industry as well. So spent the summer kind of learning more about entrepreneurship and um, asking myself questions, but also really learning how to like rest and recover and do self care and be in the like, okay of not knowing and no trusting that like, 
when the right opportunity comes, um, I'll be ready, but I really need that downtime as well. So it was like kind of a mix of how do I actually just let myself be? And also how do I explore things that are of interest with me for me without burning out? And I would be honest that I think the kelp thing, I, I took a very like must connect with everyone, be proactive and seek out opportunities. And once I did that, I kind of had less interest as well. Like I was just like, this felt very hustly and not, a, not as aligned. And so um, it kind of, kind of fizzled my, my interest fizzled, I think it partly because of the approach I took to that curiosity um, endeavor. That's so interesting. I feel like uh, the world of kelp and sustainability is so interesting. And I know a lot of people who are really jazzed on it right now. Um, and also, I think it's so interesting. Like there's, there are so many women uh, in my world where it's like, sometimes the hardest thing to do is nothing. <laughs> so hard. Or, yeah. Or to, to rest or take a break. Like I know so many very successful kind of type A women who like, it's actually the stopping, the pausing. I mean, I'm the same way, like checking in with our intuition, trusting that the right thing is going to come to us at the right time. Like that's so much harder than going after what we want. If we've spent our whole life, like hustling to get what we want. Um, and I just love the self-reflection too, that, you know, you had kind of landed where you had landed without taking the time to, to sit back and reflect and wanting to, to take a moment and be really intentional about what came next. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun working with you too, because I think you asked me a question of like, well, what do you want to, where do you want this next opportunity to take you when we started kind of working together at the end of the summer when I was like, okay, I've done my respite. I'm ready to start thinking. And it was like, do you, do you want, do you still see yourself in corporate or do you see yourself with more flexibility and is consulting an opportunity for that? Um, and it was just really interesting to kind of think about like what it was I wanted in five years versus like, what does it the immediate look like? Or what's the path to get to that five year flexible plan that I wanted? <laughs> um, and so I appreciate you kind of asking those questions too, as I kind of thought about what it is I wanted my day to day to look like in a few years. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and yeah, I think it is, it can be so helpful and so clarifying to figure out like what is the like medium or long-term day-to-day because also it can be kind of liberating because there's like so many different paths you can take to get there um and it's it's a good kind of litmus test for different opportunities of like is this actually putting me on a path closer to what I want mm -hmm. um and I'm curious um because I'm sure there is someone who will listen to this episode at some point who feels like they're sitting in the unknown. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have for anyone who maybe has like either called in this space or for whatever reason finds themselves like deep in what is often referred to in manifestation as the magic dark? <laughs> um, what like tips or wisdom would you offer I think it was helpful for me to have like a timeline in my mind of like how much time I wanted to give myself on this curiosity quest and also just like name it so that I could explain what I was doing to other people. So I've heard it like referred to as a pause, you know, I named it for myself, the curiosity quest, but it was just like that personal self discovery journey journey. I needed to be able to explain with other people to other people. And I don't know why that was important, but I think having that of like, this is my plan for my nothingness <laughs> um, was helpful and permission granting for me. And then um, in terms of like actually executing on it, I think um, it helps you, you know, right. Articulate what it is you want to. So then you have support, getting the support and like understanding of those who are in your life as well. And I think I, I thought other people would kind of doubt my decision or question it, but everyone was very supportive. And so finding those people who like can help, help you through it because it can be hard to be in that unknown. So whether it's working with someone like you, Liz, that's like, you know, checking in of like, are you doing the, you know, are you really taking care of yourself? Are you pausing? Or, you know, are you getting back into this like hustle mode or fear mode or, um, whatnot, or if it's a like close friend or partner, but really getting that um, support and community to help you through it. Mm -hmm.
Have you been meaning to expand the circle of amazing women in your network, but it's been hard to find the time to connect consistently? Are you a member of a small team creating a big impact and you wish you had additional brains to tap to think strategically about what's next? Are you craving personal growth, community, and magic in your personal and professional life, but feeling like you don't know where to find it? Imagine if you had dedicated time and space to build relationships with other badass women in impact. Imagine if you had access to a brain trust of rock stars who are ready to help you solve any challenge, personal or professional. Imagine if you had an extended team of like-minded women cheering you on, hyping you up, opening doors, and helping you make your wildest dreams come true. Imagine if you took the time to really invest in yourself and be intentional about the impact you are here to make. The Girls Club Mastermind is a five-month mastermind for women who are changing the world. It is an intimate community of powerful women who are dedicated to lifting each other up. They are your hype women, your cheerleaders, and your extended team. The next round of the Girls Club Mastermind kicks off in April, and you don't want to miss it. Head to elizabethbest.com slash girlsclub. That's E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H-B-E-S-T dot com slash girlsclub to learn more and apply today. Absolutely. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I mean, I think so, I think so often we like have this like fear and it's, it's funny. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about this. And then I also just read something about it in Jamie Barron's new book. Um, like we have this idea of like the they that's going to judge us, but then often like when we actually do the thing, like the people around us are like, that's amazing. I celebrate you. And you're like, who was, who was the they that I was Mm -hmm. so, so worried about? I still haven't tracked down the day, but um, <laughs> I, I just love that you like trusted yourself and took that time. And I know that one of your practices that I so admire um, has been like writing letters to yourself. I know that you've like in that time too, you also did a lot to like put your desires on paper. Um, I know we've gotten to vision board together to like bring things to life. Um, I'm curious if you could talk a little bit more about some of those practices um, and like where they came from and how they might be helpful. Yeah, definitely. I think there's, like you said, there's a, a number of different ways that I feel like I've done it from a, um, putting my ideas on paper. And I, I, I would say I'm not, I've not been someone who's done that consistently in my life, but you know, I think starting back in 2018 on my personal development journey, it was kind of, I needed structure in order to sometimes get there (laughs) Um, in terms of encouraging myself to, to document what it is I wanted or slow down and process what it was I wanted. Um, But one of those things I know we we've talked about before was like um, I had done, I had done the Tony Robbins um, date with destiny. And one of the things then that I wrote down was like to lead with vulnerability and compassion. Um, But also one of the things I was really focused on in 2020 was finding love and relationship and partnership and just like being really explicit about what it was I was looking for in a partner. And then I also started looking, you know, when I started looking for a new job, I wrote myself a card before I got a job saying, you know, congratulations on getting this role um, and what you bring to it and just like kind of continuously kind of celebrating before the thing had arrived, but also getting very clear on what it was that I wanted. Um, And so mostly journaling, but um, the vision board or just like various kind of um, workshops or exercises to, to get clear have been really helpful as well. Totally. Well, it's, it's been incredible to watch. I mean, I feel like in, I know 2020 your focus was, was love and, and meeting a partner, which you did. Um, in 2021, I believe you were really focused on health and feeling mm-hmm. good. And then 2022 was really about the job. And it's been so cool, even in the pandemic, to watch those things unfold for you. Yeah, I'm very much spot on. I think 2021 was this, this like, you can't keep going at the rate you're going. Your body's telling you to slow down and, and pause. That was definitely part of the, the curiosity quest as well was like that. I really could see that my body was signaling that I needed change. Um, with back pain and I'm still dealing with it but in such a, a better place now having done that work and and I think you know I, I still listen to affirmations about my body is healing and I'm healing and um, taking I, I, I do feel like affirmations have been a big way also that I've 
um, not necessarily, you know, wrote things to fruition, but kind of practiced um, more of that manifestation energy <laughs> um, through affirmations and just like putting my attention somewhere, right? Um, and I think the more we can be clear on what it is we're going, we're striving for and recognizing like, you know, I know you've done the wheel of life exercise with many clients as well and in your workshops, but really thinking about like, if you have to pick one or two of those that like really are the areas you want to focus on, that can be really helpful and giving yourself permission to not necessarily have to tackle all of them at once. Um, but it's been really fun to see um, each of those areas definitely um, gain more clarity and progress um, as I focus on them. Absolutely. One. And yeah, I mean, I think for anyone listening who's not familiar with the Wheel of Life, the idea is that you find you do kind of an inventory and determine if you can if you were only going to change one area of your life, like what's the area that would have the greatest impact across the board? Because I think so often when we feel overwhelmed in particular, which is my favorite flavor of suffering. Um, (laughs) uh, It feels like it's everything, but often it really is like, as you said, like the one or two things that can really shift things. Um, But but yeah, I would love to talk more about um, your intention that you set. And I just like loved the reflection that back in, I think you said 2018, you had like written out, like, I want to be a more vulnerable leader or lead with vulnerability and compassion and I also know that that's something that you've like recently had kind of reflected back to you that people really admire your vulnerability. Um, I'm, I'm one of those people very much. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, like how you went about and uh, like embodying and owning all of your strengths. Um, and I will share too. I, I know for me, recognizing that vulnerability was important to me was like one of the first steps in becoming vulnerable. I don't know if that's true for you. Too. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I, I didn't know it was missing for a long time for myself. Like I just had that way of operating without it. And I think when I saw, and maybe I did have it in some way, in some areas of my life, but it wasn't something I felt like I consistently did in all areas. So if you think about like professionally in friendship versus in relationships. And I feel like it was like in the relationship piece, I felt like I wasn't being vulnerable often and letting people in to be supporting me or asking for what I wanted or needed in a relationship. Um, And so that was like a clear focus, but also with like work, I have kind of gone through much of my career hiding the fact that I've been dyslexic my whole life. Um, and trying to not have that be something anyone knows because I saw it as a weakness. And um, yeah, like it's just been something I've really worked to kind of embrace over the last few years, Um, probably with, you know, no longer feeling like I'm, you know, a newbie in my professional career and and feeling like it's okay to own um, all parts of me. And I remember distinctly when I, I stepped into a communications director role, it was really hard for me because people were like, but you're not a writer. Like you, you don't have a communications background. I'm like, yeah, but it's, I'm really strategic when it comes to communications and I can edit from a content perspective of like the hierarchy of information. And from a leadership perspective, that makes a lot of sense, but I had to then be vulnerable with my team and say, you know, I'm dyslexic. So this is like, where I'm going to lean on you from like the, the grammar and the, the writing perspective um, and changing that kind of um, taking, bringing that vulnerability to the group um, and team was it just like a complete game changer for me because it then gave me permission to just be more of myself. And I think um, that was now like four, four, five years ago, it was during my MBA program as well. Um, and even then it was like only let a few people who selectly have to know. And more recently I've kind of owned it in my career in in my job and said, you know, this is my strength. This is, you know, a superpower I have, but it also means these are things that I'm not that great at. Um, it was really empowering to kind of reflect on that and and do more learning over the summer in my curiosity quest of what it meant to be a dyslexic, dyslexic adult versus the child. I knew myself as 
you know, having a hard time learning to read, et cetera. Um, and so I actually owned it in my interview process. I, you know, went to an offsite where I met my entire team and I spoke very proudly and boldly about that being my strength. Cause everyone's like, Oh, you've got a communications background. Let's have you start writing content. And I'm like, that's maybe not what I want to be doing because I'm (laughs) your version of, you know, communications is maybe not what I envision myself contributing to the team um, most strongly with. And so it's just been really interesting to kind of think about really owning, owning my strengths, being vulnerable where I know that something is a superpower, but it also can mean that there's things I'm not as good at as a result. Um, But it's been um, in my relationship also super powerful to, to like, lead vulnerably of like things that I may be insecure about or things that I really want help on and um, finding someone that could match me um, with that was really important to me and, you know, make me feel comfortable doing that. So. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Well, when you show up with that vulnerability and that authenticity, as you know, you're giving everyone around you permission to do the same. Um, And I felt like that was such a gift that you brought to the Girls Club Mastermind, which I am so grateful for. And I would be remiss if we did not also talk about the other massive gift that you brought to the Girls Club Mastermind, which was the introduction of bragging to the group, which I honestly think was just such a transformational piece of the experience. It was so much fun to brag with and like hear the brags of these like totally amazing badass women um I think it just like the reclaiming of that word and the reclaiming of that practice is so cool um and I would love 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 to hear how you first connected with bragging um and then how you put it into practice yeah, it was definitely like the perfect compliment to the girls club. When you think about like the old boys club, there's plenty of bragging there, but <laughs> uh, not in such a powerful way in, in which we, we kind of embraced it um, as girls club. So I was introduced to bragging through my sister, um, who's also in the coaching uh, world, who was introduced through Mama Gina, who's the author of um, a book called Pussy. And she's all about just kind of uh, women's empowerment and reclamation of some of these things that have kind of um, made women feel small throughout their lives. And so, um, you know, the, the concept is really that (laughs) women downplay their accomplishments over and over to, to kind of fit in. But I feel like it's totally the um, patriarchy that has then reinforced this like concept of us playing small, feeling small so that we didn't step into our power. Because I think when we think about it, um, the, the exercise is just really, um, it really helps you like process your own accomplishments so that you feel capable of moving forward and taking action as well to kind of embrace what you have done, what you bring to the table, what you can celebrate, what you want to be recognized for. Um, And so oftentimes you're bragging. It's not like you're just bragging to yourself, though I do brag to myself a lot in my journal. Um, But it's (laughs) in community is really kind of the, I feel like where the magic happens. And so it was really special to kind of um, host a a, a clean wine tasting and like celebration with many, many toasts. Um, and what we did is kind of go around and in circle and community, um, and kind of brag with obviously such incredible women who definitely felt a little uncomfortable at first bragging and, you know, had to warm up to it. And so I feel like each round got juicier and juicier when it came to the brags and realizing, you know, it's, it's not just like the, you know, accomplish the checkbox that like society tells you that you should be bragging about it's like the checkbox of like I got up today and I did x y and z (laughs) or I worked out and it's celebrating all those little things that we don't give ourselves credit for so um it was really fun to to kind of just see other people like warm up to this idea and then embrace it and then hopefully I think it's you know carried on beyond um girls club as well and it's um definitely something I, I just like love to bring to, to um, various people in my life. Yes. Well, I know like some people have brought it to their teams as a way of starting team meetings, um, which is so cool. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I like even I remember at one point you had to kind of intervene early in our bragging practice of like, it is important to say the words, I brag that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Even that, I think initially you felt a little uncomfortable to be like, okay, here we go. Um, but yeah, just to watch like the the power in owning that um, and in bragging again, as you said, for like the little things, for the big things. Um, and to truly experience being celebrated for it when I think mm-hmm. for so many women, like that's been seen as like an icky thing and not a thing that we would be celebrated for, you know, for the vast majority of our lives and careers. Yeah, I feel like that was the magic of doing it in the girls club is just like to see how other people are actually energized by you bragging too, right? Like it's a contagious feeling of like, good energy right so I think it was just kind of like ooh, like they're bragging about this let me brag about this and like I want to brag about this there's so much in my life that's so good um and worthy of celebrating and then to feel like everyone is genuinely happy for you because I think that's the other thing that as women we carry around thinking like you know people like you like with this pause or break that you take right like people might not be happy for you but it's like we for some reason have just felt like as women others aren't going to be happy for us when we're happy. And so um, just like seeing that reaction, I think also carries a lot of weight for women. Totally. No, I, you're so spot on. I think it's like, it's like something in our nervous system that has to get rewired of like having the experience of doing this uncomfortable thing and then like, and then being celebrated for it and being appreciated for it. It's like, yeah, I think, I just don't think there's anything quite like that, like physical experience in our bodies of like to make it feel safe to do. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, thank you. I am so grateful forever. And I definitely <laughs> feel like bragging is going to be a centerpiece of a lot of things moving forward, just because again, it was so powerful and such a generous gift to the experience. Um, and then I, I know we alluded to this earlier. I'm changing topics a little bit, but one thing that I brag for you, as I already noted, is that you are just such a master connector. Um, and I know you alluded to the fact that it, you know, was really helpful in your job search in the past. Um, but I would love if you feel comfortable getting into like any kind of specific tips and tricks for people who are listening, who, I feel like building more in in a lot of ways, building more relationships in the impact space has never been easier because people, well, who knows things are changing so fast, but people are home. You can kind of reach anyone on zoom in a way that I feel like we were a lot less open to pre pandemic. On the other hand, we're all zoomed out and Mm -hmm. people are starting to resume daily, like face to face interaction increasingly. Um, so uh, you can lean into like the digital side of this or the IRL side of this, however you see fit. But but what recommendations do you have for people who are kind of hungering for more connection to build more relationships and they're like really maybe in their heads about it and not sure where to start? Yeah, well, for me, it's definitely changed a bit in the pandemic because I re- leveraged uh, networking groups a lot in in real life prior to the pandemic of going to events. And I feel like so honored that like so many of my, the women in my life and friends in my life that I created here in the Bay area all came out of (laughs) going to these (laughs) events as well. Um, So some of my best friends, I met at a woman in um, CSR event or women in clean tech or for city alumni event. Um, But I really appreciate going to events where you get those opportunities to kind of have the networking breaks, but more so like the workshoppy things or um, the follow up afterwards. But I think some of the keys is like just getting yourself out there. And then sometimes it could be helpful if if it feels hard is to get a friend to go with you and um, and then doing a follow up afterwards of just like recognizing that, you know, the impact someone might have had and meeting them um, and then kind of you know, the follow-up is definitely something I sometimes do well, and sometimes I definitely don't. <laughs> and I think we all go through those phases. Um, but it, I think it, that's where the magic is, is when someone circles back and tells you, like, the impact that you had after a networking call or a connection that you, make, you know, helped make them make or, or something like that. Um, it's always nice to hear that. But I think also 
um, the, you know, the opportunity to just make it personal. Like I, I have never really, <laughs> um, enjoyed going to networking events where it's not like with like-minded people. So it's a little bit harder to like <laughs> say like, Oh, go, you know, go to the, it's like, find the people that you know, you already have something in common with. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then it becomes easier to then bridge the conversation, both like personal and work. And I think at some of these events, it's like, when we talk about the real life stuff that I'm interested in, that's where the friendship builds from just like being transactional worky related. So it's like finding that personal connection, whether it's a love for travel or a love for food or, um, you know, your common, you know, dating challenges. Like, I feel like that's where some of these conversations that like change the relationships from being like transactional to like, let's continue to the conversation um, after this networky kind of thing um, has really created meaningful lasting relationships. And I think in the busy of life, it can be hard to say yes to people that are like completely out of the blue. So like when you're reaching out to someone, I've reached out to plenty of people just randomly on LinkedIn, but find the common thread, right? Again, similar to like that relationship piece of like, is there a common connection that you have? Is there a way that when you finish one conversation with someone, you just ask them to introduce you to someone else? Or is there someone who's connected to someone on LinkedIn that you want to be introduced to? Because I find that that often is like the game changer is like, if someone comes to me, if Liz was like, I need you, I think you would be great connecting with this person. That personal interaction of like, makes me that much more inclined to, to prioritize the time to do it. Um, and so I think that, you know, that goes a long way or finding something that that person has written online or, or doing that extra work. I've definitely gotten job interviews based on the fact that I just like traced down a blog and then related it to them on LinkedIn. So those would be my tips. It's like do the extra homework and stuff that a lot of people skip, um, especially like the just adding a note if you're reaching out to someone on LinkedIn goes so far. There were a few things in there that I would love to to underline. I think um, opening with like anything you have in common is like I think automatically going to make someone so much more likely to respond to you. Mm -hmm. And it so random, but just showing, as you said, like that you've done your homework, whether it's someone in common or some like very random and obscure like club that you were both in an undergrad or I mean, I, the list could go yeah. on. Um, and then I think being a real person uh, and like, you know, showing up in spaces where it's safe to be a real person, but also where you have common interests with other people. Uh, and then the one that I really want to emphasize is that like the follow-up is a game changer <laughs> because the follow-up is what distinguishes like a one-off conversation at a conference from a relationship. Um, and I've, you know, met plenty of people over the course of my career. Um, and oh my gosh, I wish I could go back and like shake my younger self for not following up on some conversations, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, the the difference of like, you know, feeling like you know someone and like you want to like go to bat for them or vouch for them or make introductions for them. Often it's really just like one or two follow-up emails <laughs> um, that makes such a world of difference. It really does. And I, I would also say give yourself permission to follow up with those people like five years out, six months out, three months out. Like no one else is counting the time. They're just like, maybe won't remember it as well. But like, if you had some level of connection with someone at any time, I think you can always revisit it. Like I, I was carrying guilt recently for not responding to someone who reached out to connect um, that I've known for years. Right. And she just followed up again. And I was like, you know what? I really respect that. Like she didn't let me off the hook just because I didn't respond. Right. Or like she didn't no longer want to talk to me just because I didn't respond even because we all got busy. Right. And she just continued to like say, I'd still love to connect and then like, let, let it be. So, um, that would yes. be my other tip is the follow -up can happen even if someone hasn't responded to you the first time. <laughs> yes it so can. And I do think that we can get in our heads of like, oh my God, it's been two years. Like, should I? And the answer is like, sure, go for it. Like the worst yeah. that can happen is they don't respond and you're exactly where you are right now. And you might've still totally made their day. And it was just a busy day where they didn't have time to get back to you. Totally. Um, well, I love that. And thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom on that front. Um, 
I would love to hear, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people. Um, I was actually just thinking about it earlier this afternoon. If you could give some advice to your younger self and you can pick an age or it can be like generic younger self advice, um, what advice do you think younger Hannah would most benefit from hearing? I think, I mean, maybe I got this advice before, but I was thinking about this as well. And like, I think it's adulting is hard. And I wish someone had told me to just like really enjoy my youth more and like recognize that I had my whole life to work and create impact and that like it didn't have to happen overnight. Um, because I feel like that, like, and in, I think it's capitalism in, in part responsible for this, but like this, this hustle of my, my 20s was very, I feel like toxic. <laughs> um, but even in high school, I wanted to have a job and like work and, you know, check off accomplishments. I did my associate's degree in high school, um, one for more freedom, but also I was like, oh, I can get two years of college done in high school. Like I just constantly wanted to grow up faster. And I feel like I just wish someone had said like, just enjoy your youth <laughs> and, and like embrace where you are now because like, it's not, you don't have to do it all overnight. Uh, that is such good advice. And I can't remember if I was just sharing this in real life or if I shared this in a, in a recent podcast conversation, but um, I was, I, someone reached out to me not too long ago who had locked in, who just graduated and locked in a full-time job doing like exactly what she wants to be doing this fall. And she was thinking about what to do this spring and summer to like really get like a, a like an edge on this full-time job in the fall. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I really, I can't help you. Like, I'm going to tell you what I think, but it's not what you want to hear. And what I think is like, go travel, do nothing. Enjoy the next six months. It's all going to be fine. Someone like someone did tell me to do that in between transitioning from an internship to full-time in my first corporate job. And I took three weeks and I look back and I'm like, you moron like you should yeah totally. I, I, I thought they needed me like no one needed me that urgently I should have taken the summer <laughs> I think it's so hard to see when we're in it often and I I'm with you I think like capitalism I'm sure has a lot to do with it um but I think that's such a powerful it's such a powerful reminder that like there is time there's no rush. You don't like, you don't get a prize for getting there first, wherever there is. <laughs> nope. Right. And I think the, we sometimes forget just how nourishing the rest can be, the travel can be. And like that being the powerful thing that actually prepares you most for what you need next. Right. Like if you don't take that time to, to repower almost <laughs> to shut down in order to repower, um, then you really, you're kind of, you're just, you're not able to bring your full self if you're not coming from a place of, of rest as well. Yeah. And, and I think too, it's like, no matter how cool your first job is, and I'm, yes, there are some very cool, like first real jobs, but like nothing when you're like in your thirties and forties is going to seem as cool as like the summer you backpacked around Guatemala or like decided to be a ski instructor or, or like in the winter, or, like the, like the random 100%. things that you do in your early, that I honestly didn't do um, as much as I feel like I should have, but like, those are stories you'll have forever. Um, and there really is like such character building too, right? Like it gives you just something. Totally. It's to like, it's life perspective, it's character building, it's, um, and it's so once in a lifetime. I mean, they say youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, and taking it in the other direction from past to future, um, what are you most looking forward to right now? I am just really excited about the momentum in the field right now. Like it feels like everyone is fine looking for ways to get involved in an industry. I remember people being like, what are you doing? Taking your career in this direction. You're never going to have a successful career. <laughs> like this is a passion, not a career. And so I'm just really excited and looking forward to all of the opportunities that are coming from the increased interest, demand, and urgency of the state of the world right now. Yes, it finally, in this moment, in spite of all the horrible things happening in the world, it like does feel like more than ever before, 
we're all like rowing in the same direction. Um, maybe not all of us, but more of us than ever before in human history. Um, okay, well, you know this question is coming. I am a sucker for an inspirational post-it note and have way too many on my desk right now. Uh, one day we will get decks printed with all of the inspirational messages from the guests on this podcast. And I'm curious, what would you want to put on your inspirational post-it? I would say that right now I'm working on letting it be easy. So mm-hmm. let it be easy would be what I would add to my my post-it. Like don't overcomplicate it. Uh, yes, I'm such an advocate for letting it be easy. It's It can be hard to let it be easy. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard. Oh, Hannah, well, this has been such a treat. Um, As you know, I can talk to you for hours uh, and I fully intend to, (laughs) but but just so appreciate you making time to come on the podcast. It's been so fun and you're so brilliant and wise. Um, And for people who are listening and want more Hannah, where is the best spot for people to find you, follow you, keep in touch with you? Yeah. um, People are welcome to follow me on Instagram at Hanny the Greenie. Um, H-A-N-N-I-E, the greenie, um, or reach out on LinkedIn and add a note to your comment that you listen to the podcast and I will be happy to respond and connect with you. Oh, amazing. Putting your uh, advice into action. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we'll be sure to link to both of those in the show notes. But um, thank you again so much, Hannah, for making time. This has been like such a delight. Uh, I'm such a huge fan of yours and so appreciate your sharing all your thoughts um, and knowledge on the podcast. Such an honor to be here. And I'm going to go brag that I was on your podcast now. I was the woman changing the world. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Women Changing the World podcast. Please rate and review the Women Changing the World podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is liz.best, that's L-I-S dot B-E-S-T, or you can find me on LinkedIn by searching my name, Liz Best. Join my mail list by visiting elizabethbest.com slash monthly meditation, and you'll receive all the latest updates on events, retreats, and opportunities to work with me plus a monthly love note from my heart to your inbox. I am so excited to keep in touch and I'll see you in the next episode.